Welcome to Happy Hour. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Sean Campbell, Adam Harrock, your local alternative solid state radio. It's hump day, everybody. Sure is. And today I have labeled myself Stepfather of the Year. Oh, really? Yeah. Bought my uh, stepdaughter a guitar. Well, I guess, you know, probably a better idea than a drum set because, you know, you'll never get a moment of peace again if you do that. <laughs> no. No, I would not. No, Scarlett, she's 12, and she uh, she's shown interest in the past of writing songs. She's an artistic person. She can draw. She uh, writes stories, and she, yeah. write, she writes songs, mm-hmm. and I've got her uh, on video, like, singing some of them. I mean, nowadays, most of them have the F word in them, <laughs> so Fair. I can't... can't I wouldn't be able to play them on TGV, but... <laughs> no, not so much. So, yeah, I was on a whim. Well, I had been thinking about it, and I saw on, on a, uh, a certain web-based uh, store, had a guitar for... It was, like, all in all, it was like 100 bucks. I'm like, ah, I'm going to pull the trigger. You know, give her an opportunity to uh, have an outlet for her art. Sure. Well, that's awfully nice of you. Yeah. It's kind of nice, too. Nice wood grain there, and... It's a, it's a, and it says it right in the title, starter guitar. It doesn't plug in uh, as long as it doesn't come with nylon strings. I remember my first acoustic guitar I got from a Sears catalog. Yeah. Showed up with nylon strings. I'm like, I didn't even know that, you know, there were actually guitar players who used nylon strings like in flamenco style music and stuff like that. Yeah. I thought they were, Are these cheap bastards. <laughs> right. I feel like there's a reason that only like those kind of players use those because nothing that anyone particularly wants to hear. It's got a unique sound, but it's, you know. Sure. Yeah, but I mean, I guess it wouldn't sound the same with the normal uh, nickel strings, so there you go. I guess they, they have their place. I mean, like in like, uh, classical music, they'll uh, sometimes uh, use nylon strings, but I don't know. It, do, you, do you know if it was a actual, if it was a real thing that strings used to be made with cat gut, or is that just like an old wives' tale? Well, I, 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 that might be a thing that they were made with that, but that's not what cat gut actually is. So, oh. like, it's not what you're thinking. It's not like from a no, cat. no, it's not. Oh, okay, good because I, I had me worried. No, no, nothing like that. I just remember Looney Tunes. You know, uh, one of them, uh, the owner, threatening Sylvester if he, this happens, he's going to be turned into a violin strings. Yeah, no, that's not actually how that works. Okay, well, that's good. So, well, yeah, I bought her a guitar, and hopefully it's a cause of something. Maybe she'll uh, become like the next Taylor Swift and cut me in on some of that sweet, sweet cash. There you go. Wouldn't that be nice? Actually, she <laughs> more chance of her being the next Amy Winehouse. <laughs> Odd thing to say about your kid, with, but okay. With, without, the, without the dead part, you know, but... Without the, the the crippling heroin addiction, Adam? Like, is that where you're going with this? Like, No, that's definitely in it. No. <laughs> no, that's definitely happening. No. <laughs> a little bit more on it. I, I just think that Scarlett, she was born uh, like two decades too late. Like her, the, the stuff that she kind of gets into is, it would have been like all like Lollapalooza, Lilith Fair kind of, kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. I think she would have... Uh, I played her some L7, and she really kind of dug it. She was all about it. Yeah, she, uh, local band Killing Pixies. I really like them. I played some of that stuff for her, and she was like, she was all about it. That that sounds about what I would have expected there. I don't think I don't think she's a big fan of Taylor Swift. She's not a Swifty. 
Well, that's good. So you, you, you've at least done that right as a step parent. So I feel <laughs> I, like <laughs> I don't tell them what what they can listen to or what they can do. I I try. I'm very hands off. Yeah, but clearly you've done something right that they're not gravitating to that. Yes, this is true. Much to do today. Stick around. It's happy hour. It is Solid State Radio. Radiohead at your local alternative, Solid State Radio. What's going on? It is happy hour. He's Adam Harahuck. I'm Sean Cantwell. So I've been seeing this news story. Uh, the, uh, this not really a news story, per se. No, not really. It's more of a narrative. A lot of, uh, like, I, I think it was on Reddit. I think there was one on Board Panda or something like I'm that. I'm sure. I know TikTok's I, bad I, at this. Oh, yeah. I clicked on one story, and next thing you know... Uh, Everybody thinks I need to see more of this. Of course, I can't find anything at the moment. But I'll paraphrase. Basically, somebody out there, usually a guy, uh, really having a weird flex on how much they work a week. Somebody was uh, say, talking about working 40 hours. Not really bagging. I was like, oh, man, 40 hours. Uh, you know, it should be less. You know, A lot of countries do. And this guy... Uh, wearing sunglasses, no, no kidding. Yeah, he was a big old beard. Says uh, forty hours a week. Yeah, I remember my first part-time job. And then went on to list everything they do. I wear, I do this, I do that. Uh, on the weekends, I, I uh, shovel snow. I, I have a paper route. I'm a crossing guard. Uh, I sell Girl Scout cookies. You know, const- this guy's constantly working, and that's fine, in my ever humble opinion. That I mean, if, if he, that's what he wants to do. But the fact that these people look down on those of us who want to enjoy some of the life we've built up for ourselves. They look down on us for it. Like we're lazy. Yeah, I, I, I don't feel like the I have to work all the time because I can't afford to maintain my lifestyle if, if I'm not working at all times. is not the flex you think it is, dude. I hate no. to break that to you, but it's really, truly not. I feel bad for the person if they feel like they have to work that hard and that much to maintain themselves. I mean, that's kind of where a lot of people find themselves uh, because, you know, I mean, I'm getting down a rabbit hole. I don't know if I want to go down, but people aren't paid what they should. And, and people can go ahead and hate on me. But, you know, when teachers, we, we've talked about uh, teachers a lot of this show, when teachers have to dip into their own pocket to buy supplies to teach your kids, yep. there's a problem. When there's people out there working 40 hours a week, or there's two people, like a mom and a dad, or just two roommates working 40 hours a week each, and they still struggle, Yeah, this is a problem. And everybody's like, well, it's not that people aren't working as hard like they used to. Well, are they, though? Are they not, though? I mean, they were able, you were able to work, one person was able to work 40 hours, and feed a family of four with a house, a very nice house. Mm-hmm. Have, a, you know, vacations, everything else. That's when America was great again. Now you have two parents having to work really hard. Both having to work hours, full-time jobs, basically. Full-time, yeah, full-time jobs. Probably pick up a part-time job while I'm on the side somewhere. <laughs> yep, have a couple side hustles, and still not able to make things work. And the kids are left, you know, to, to their own devices, and that, that has been going on since the 80s. The whole term latchkey kids came in. Uh, you know, and everybody's like, well, that's when society really fell through is when you know, kids weren't being uh, raised properly. And there's, there's an argument to that. That's but, fair. But also, y- you say that, and then you, you can't hardly afford to function on just one income in a household anymore. So, I mean, no, really. No, that's true talk. 
Absolutely. Uh, very rarely can somebody uh, work uh, a job and their partner can stay home. The wife, you know, the, the housewife. Uh, a lot of times anymore, I say, oh, she's a housewife. You're thinking either A, he's got a good job, or B, she is uh, special and can't work or is lazy, you know? And, and that's, that's wrong of me to think, but that's, that's what would click in my mind. So then you have the people that I've talked to that originally started talking about this, the people that, you know, 60, 80 hours a week, and it's, it's just kind of sad that they, they find themselves doing that. And then you wonder, okay, maybe they're looking down on everybody else to make themselves feel better for the lousy, for wasting, li- lousy life that they found themselves in. I don't know. I for guess. wasting so much of their time making someone else rich. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, back in the day, you know, uh, people, you could be uh, working in a hardware store make enough money. Now you can't make it. You can't make that kind of money. And if you want to make money, oh, oh, you're just, you're selfish. Nobody wants to work anymore. Yeah, yeah you're selfish. Why, why do you want 15 an hour? All you do is flip burgers. You also flip burgers, sanitation, customer help. I hate those people. Uh, yeah. Like, you have no idea how much I hate those people oh, yeah. because if you've ever worked in a food service environment at all, like, you realize what, what those people are actually doing, all the multitasking that goes on there that, the oh, yeah. that they have to do. Like, you don't, just get, you don't just sit there all day, insert part A into part B. Next, move <laughs> on, insert part A into part B for eight <laughs> yeah, hours a day, exactly. man. Exactly. Making, you know, <laughs> $20-some an hour. And you know what? I don't, and I don't come down on those people. Like, you know, you, you go and get your money. You go your strike. You get all, all your money and your pension, your 401k and whatever. Like, you, yes. you, like, you want good on you. Screw the greedy bastards! May you you guys get yours. Like I'm I'm all on board with it, but it's like the, it would be nice if the same courtesy were extended to the people who work in like service industry gigs. Yeah, exactly. Well, we've talked about that at at nauseum on oh, this show. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's valid. The fact that the people out there will they have a you know eight hour ten hour shift putting part A into slot B. For all that time, they need to go out. They feel the need to go in the world and feel better than somebody. So somebody taking your order at McDonald's, well, they they service me. They are below me. And people feel like that so so they often. Do. Like, I, and they wonder why no one wants to go and work in that line of work anymore. Yeah, that's shocking. Why, why is this line in the drive-through so long? Well, because we don't have anybody. Nobody wants to work anymore. Well, I'm working. Why are you yelling at me? Uh, you don't deserve fifteen an hour. Okay, drive through. <laughs> right, you. All right, cool. Like I, I quit. See Go after yourself. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I guess I just opened up a lot of Pandora's boxes. But I mean, I'm, that, I'm fine with all of it. That's where we find ourselves. Yes. Uh, on one hand, you've got the the people who are looking down on somebody working forty hours a week because they're not working hard enough. Well, you know what? That's to each their own. And then you got the people that they, that. No matter how long you work, you don't deserve a living wage, which is just just so stupid. Yeah, those are the people I really, truly don't understand at all. It's people who haven't really stopped, thought about their situation, and thinking about anybody else. And it goes back, it circles back to everybody has been given a voice, and a lot of times they use it to say stupid things. 
Oh, true words have never been spoken. Here's Dayglow at Solid State Radio. The Tea Party, your local alternative Solid State Radio. What's going on? It is happy hour. He's Adam Harahuck. I'm Sean Cantwell. So we were talking about this off the air. Sean was like, I don't know if we really want to. And then we start talking about it. And we're like, yes, let's go ahead and do this. So apparently it was reported by the uh, the always credible folk at the Daily Mail that yes. Britney Spears has revealed that she got pregnant by Justin Timberlake in 2000 and got an abortion because Timberlake didn't want to be a father at the you know ripe old age of 19. <gasps> no kidding. Apparently she's getting ready to uh, put out her uh, memoir here. Oh, okay. And she details the whole decision, the agonizing decision to terminate the pregnancy in her upcoming memoir. She claimed while she wanted the baby and dreamed of having a family with Timberlake, he wasn't ready for the responsibilities of parenthood and thought the pair were too young. And again, they were 19, so honestly kind of hard to argue against that. Uh, objection, Your Honor. She is from Louisiana, where if, you're not, if you don't have a kid at 19, you're a spinster. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Apologize to Louisiana. <laughs> I guarantee <laughs> You're going there. You better apologize. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> there he <you. laughs> I'd like to be. I'd like to be let back out of New Orleans yeah. after I uh, after we leave. I'm so glad you came to pay us a visit there. So, uh, what, me, Beauregard run the Beauregard, whole state yeah. too. No, no, that's Beauregard's cousin, Jean Pierre Luke uh, Barkley. Ah, gotcha. I guarantee them on me. Yeah, so in, in, in an excerpt I, obtained by people. I want that memoir. I will read that memoir because she is guano loco. Right. Well, I, I, I wonder how much is really guano loco and how much is just she just, well, you didn't really have a childhood and got pressured into a lot of stupid things by the people around you who were supposed to be taking care of you and making sure you were making good choices. And that very much the did tale not as old as time. Indeed. She, so she writes, quote, It was a surprise, but for me it wasn't a tragedy. I love Justin so much. I always expected us to have a family together one day. Then why'd you cheat on him? This just would be earlier than I anticipated. He said we weren't ready to have a baby in our lives, that we were too young. I'm sure people will hate me for this, but I agreed not to have the baby. I don't know if that was the right decision. If it had been left up to me alone, I never would have done it. And yet Justin was so sure that he didn't want to be a father. Well, it's not like Justin would throw a woman under the bus. Oh, wait a minute, Chad and Jackson. Okay. Oh, there is that. Yeah. Um, well, she can go ahead and try to throw him under the bus, and maybe that is a case. They were both working on their music career. They had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, they were 19 years old. I, yeah, like, I know, been I know, child I know. TV stars, I, man. I, I, know, like, I know, but 19-year-old, very few, very, very few 19-year-olds are ready to become a parent. But I then agree. You add, then you add their uh, careers on top of it. Now, yeah, they weren't ready to be a dad because he he would have taken off. You know, he would have been with NSYNC, and then she would have been like, hit, hit me, baby. Oh, oh contractions. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she'd have been stuck, you know, raising the kids. She would have had to put her career on hold at that point. Yeah, like, she would have been done. Her yeah. career would have been done. And But for her to say, yep, yep, it was all Justin. Justin pressured me. I reluctantly agree. Do, tr look me straight in the eye, Brittany, and tell me that your record company, your managers, and everybody else also did, or Disney had a probably stake in what she was doing. Uh, ha ha, get it pulled. <laughs> <laughs> wow. you know, tell me they didn't look you in the eye and say, this, this is the uh, best for your career. You don't have time to be a mom right now. You could be a mom later on. Deshaun Preston, who I don't think she's seen in a long time. That's that's probably fair. I honestly don't but, know because that that has happened so much. I mean, we talked about the, the golden age of Hollywood. There was a rumors that uh, 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 Judy Garland 
was forced to have an abortion. I don't think I knew that. Yep. She, yeah, she uh, forced to have an abortion. She uh, had like forced to like smoke cigarettes to keep her weight down. I mean, Hollywood is, is an MFR, man. <laughs> the, the public eye, there, there's a reason why child star always is synonymous with like, you know, uh, knocking off a liquor store. Yeah. And, you know, having a rough life. Very, very rarely do you see child star, successful adult. It almost never happens. Like, you don't, you just don't seem to become, you know, able to handle that, that's that level of celebrity from that early an age. Like, right. well adjusted just isn't a thing that exists, man. No, you don't, you're not raised right. You're, no. you're I mean, if I was 17 years old and given everything I wanted, I would have I, I would been dead by 18. I guarantee it. No, absolutely. I mean, I would think back when I was 17, I was watching old VHS tapes of my, my graduation. I looked at it like, man, I was a prick when I was 17. I was just, I was garbage. Can you imagine yeah. being a prick with money at 17? <laughs> <laughs> a super prick. Kind of exactly that. Yeah. And so, you know, Brittany... Uh, and it, it gets worse for uh, young women in in the music world and movies and everything else. They no, get absolutely. pulled in every different direction. They're being talked down to. They they have to maintain a certain uh, uh, sex ability. Here she is, you know, you know, sixteen years old in a Catholic school girl outfit, right? Being overly sexualized as a as a child yes. by you know by grown ass men. Yes, it's weird, man. Yeah, and there's like, oh, and then she got she got pregnant. Oh, ooh, I mean, it happens. But for her, I you wonder what she is thinking half the time. She's been posting out a couple couple videos of her in the kitchen dancing around with uh, like uh, butcher knives. That's just a weird thing for her to do. She, you almost wonder if that conservative ship that they had on her was maybe for the best. I mean, look, other than the knife thing, I don't really think there's anything there that's overly concerning. Oh, what, she she went out with, with her newfound freedom and just started getting naked at every possible opportunity? Okay, whatever. I don't see the hey, issue I'm here. I'm fine with that, too. I mean, she's still hot, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, this memoir, oh, she, you know she's going to be spilling the tea on that. Absolutely she is, and I'm, and I'm rather curious. I mean, apparently it's going to be a lot about the conservatorship thing, too. Like, there's going to sure. certainly be plenty of that. And, like, if, if this is the worst stuff they have about Timberlake, then I don't know that necessarily that anything in here is going to ruin him by any means. Well, he, said, he claims that she cheated on him, and that's why he wrote that big hit, Cry Me a River. Right. So, I, I mean, I haven't seen any uh, uh, anything from JT's camp. I mean... It, I mean, is she going to go out and claim that he was, like, physically abusive or something in this? Like, I'm not sure what she could really say here that's going to just, that, that he's got reason to be fearful of, I suppose. Like, if this is, like, I don't think this is going to be it. Like, oh, my God, he said that you guys were too young to be parents when you were 19-year-olds who were both child stars. Oh, my God. Well, that bastard. Well, How dare he? Well, the thing Let's is. Let's kill him. When with the whole NSYNC thing, and and NSYNC is like getting back together, and their his whole solo career, he's always had that kind of like I'm this lovable kind of uh, I'm not, not a bad boy by any means. And now this comes out, so now you got the pro life people after you. You've got the conservative people. Yeah, but after the pro lifers and the conservatives already hated them anyway. They they had they'd find some reason. No, because when that whole boob gate came out, 
I, th- there was a lot of people saying, oh, "Poor Justin had to be thrust in the middle of that." He had no. He knew, he had every idea. He knew exactly what was going on with that whole Janet Jackson uh, boob gate on on the Super Bowl halftime show. He knew what was going on, but no, he's like, "Oh, I had no idea. It was a wardrobe malfunction. Uh, that was all Janet." You. I mean, I can't I, say the word I want to say, but right, you, you get but the idea. It's it's one of those things where like she. Her career certainly shouldn't have been, you know, shouldn't have come to a standstill over it, and that was, that was ridiculous that it that it did end up being that way. But you know that this, our our society is still ridiculously prudish in ways that we don't, uh, that that we don't seem to want to uh, admit to ourselves. Well, I mean, back then, even I was like, okay, yeah, it's the Super Bowl. You don't, re- you don't go to a strip club and expect them to start, you know, uh, running plays or anything like that. You know, you don't expect. Uh, that kind of entertainment w- with the su- with the Super Bowl. Meanwhile, here in 2023, it'd probably be the least offensive thing that could happen at a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> somebody kneeled during the anthem. And, well, yeah, but somebody whipped their booby out. I don't like that part. Anyway, somebody kneeled during the anthem. Uh, <laughs> somebody wore a gay pride sticker on their helmet. Right. Right. We progressed and yet gone back in so, so many ways. Truly. It's happy hour at Solid State Radio. Stick around. Imagine Dragons at your local alternative Solid State Radio. And I feel like we've warned about this, the, uh, the impending copyrights on things coming to uh, expire and things going into the public domain that probably don't need to be. Like, for instance, that new Winnie the Pooh horror movie <laughs> that apparently got shown to a bunch of fourth graders. <laughs> I haven't clicked on it, but I saw the headline and <laughs> set it up. <laughs> so apparently a group of Florida fourth graders watched 20 to 30 minutes of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey in their math class, a movie they apparently picked themselves. <laughs> in, this, in this day and age where they're doing like live action Disney films, the teacher is just like, oh, okay, well, we, have, well, we do that. Whatever, sounds fine. Did you... Teacher's probably like you know near death. Like she doesn't care. Like she's been stuck. You know she's probably she, hungover. She realizes she's never going to be able to retire from this profession because you don't make nearly enough money doing it. So she's like, yeah, yeah sure, whatever. Oh, Winnie the Pooh, sure, why not? <laughs> uh, apparently, one. Why one, you sound like Jim Norton all of a sudden? <laughs> I don't know. But apparently, uh, one parent was rather intense. It's not for them to decide what they want to. A parent lamented to CBS News. It's up to the professor to look at the content. He didn't stop the movie, even though there were kids saying, hey, stop the movie. We don't want to want this. <laughs> Telling the outlet that some kids were seriously affected. Well, they're fourth graders, yes. I mean, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie yet. I, I do want to see it, just kind of like for reference. And, you know, it, Winnie the Pooh poo killing people. I mean, how, Yeah, who really needs that? Yeah, Piglet in this iteration is not a cute little fellow, but a hulking boar menacing a bikini-clad woman in a hot tub. Ruined childhoods <laughs> abound. <laughs> Gutting people is what Tiggers do best. <laughs> yeah, I have to go check this out. I think it's on, I want to say it's on Netflix or something like that. It was on a streaming service of some kind because they were able to get it and just, okay. Apparently kids. it's on Peacock. Pe- oh, Peacock. That's right. Like, I have no desire to ever watch this ever, ever, ever. Let's, like, really? There, there, there are some bits of my childhood that don't need to be ruined. I, I know. Also, I'm not a huge horror movie, guys. You. You kind of know. Yeah, but I mean, I, I would just think like for the laugh factor of it. 
I don't know if there's. I don't know, there doesn't sound like there's really any laughs to it. Like it sounds like they're playing as a pretty straight slasher. <laughs> well, the fact that you know the inhabitants of the hundred acre forest uh, going out there and just like killing people, I th- I think that's that, that's funny. So how they're not getting sued to blazes because by they because they can't because it's in the public domain now. They Disney dropped the ball on Winnie the Pooh. Like it's not league. they they dropped the ball. It's that after I think it's like ninety five years, those pul- you know th- everything passes into the public domain now. Yeah, yeah, we talked about this uh, not too long ago, but there's ways you can renew it. That there's reasons why, like every fifty years, this movie came out of the vault, right? With a uh, new footage and everything. That's why you know, Kiss puts out rock and roll all night every ten years. A new version of the song, just to make sure that. No, it's the same same GD song. It's just now once you put it out there and trademark it as you know, uh, twenty fourteen, you got another. It it adds life to it. So somebody didn't dot an I or cross a T to where Winnie the because uh, how are they not making like a, a straightforward Winnie the Pooh movie? You know, using all the characters and well, they did a few years back. Disney or somebody else? Disney did, yeah. Well, yeah, Disney. They did a live-action version or something not too long ago. Well, didn't they make a movie where Ewan McGregor played uh, a grown-up, what was a little punk's name, Christopher John or... Christopher uh, Robin? Christopher Robin. Yeah, they did. That's the movie I'm talking about. Okay. But that was still a Disney property. It was. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, let's say, you know, like DreamWorks or something picks it up and comes up with something. Because I don't think they want to really mess with the possibility that then Disney's going to go and, well, I, I guess DreamWorks has only existed for 30 years, so I don't know what property they, they could steal. Like, do, you, do you really want, eventually, at some point, just dueling Disney's putting out their version of Shrek or something? Because <laughs> yes. that's, that's where this is going to go. <laughs> and I don't think any of these studios really want any part of well, that. Well, DreamWorks has been poking around that bear for the longest time. I mean, Shrek... They make fun of all the Disney princesses. <laughs> well, they do, yes. <laughs> but technically, all the D- the Disney princesses, well, mo- at least the ones from like the classic movies. Classic, the, yeah. I mean, those were public domain characters as well. Yeah, technically. Yeah, that's true. Snow White, Sleeping like, Beauty. Yeah, all of the ones that were based on actual fairy tales and whatnot. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the whole public domain thing is very interesting. There's like right now in because it's Halloween. There's like. Every store has like that one spot for Halloween movies, and you can. Every collection has Nightmare, uh, excuse me, Night of the Living Dead on it. Well, yeah, because that somebody didn't dot an I or cross a T, and all of a sudden, this fantastic 1968 George A. Romero film, uh, whether you look at it from a horror film or a, a, a race point or whatever, it's a great film. Somebody didn't renew the. Uh, copyright and it became public domain you can put you could put it out right now and not have to charge them a dime they could show it at the picks take uh charge five bucks to see it and pocket all the money well yeah there's there's a few of those like that i mean good lord the amityville cinematic universe at this point is quite uh, expansive amityville horror well there's that's still uh, under copyright no well sort of yes and no really Be- like it is but it isn't like the original like i think like there's certain characters in things that are really but there's a lot of stuff that you're talking about the 76 movie amityville horror correct okay like there's there's an entire like expanded universe of oh, this. There, yeah 
I mean, they, well, I mean, Amityville Horror, Amityville Two, my Amityville, like uh, I think. Uh, okay, the, so the real Hollywood wives of Amityville Horrors. That I think that's going on. <laughs> yeah. So so basically, because Amityville is a real town, and the original stories are historical. Like you can go and make a movie about that, and there's really nothing. Oh that- yeah, yeah, because the DeFeo family, uh, that that was a real thing that happened. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I guess that makes that makes sense. And so there's been a million, there's been dozens and dozens of completely unrelated movies that that uh, basically outside of the like original like series or trilogy or whatever, like most of them like. You, you can just put that out. Like, we know a guy, actually, who did one of these, and we know someone who starred in it, too. Oh, okay. Um, in, in one. Uh, the, that is uh, the Amityville Vibrator. <laughs> like, you can just put out, you slap the Amityville name on damn near anything and have, have it be, you know, tied into that. Like, they can't, there's nothing that the makers of the movie can do to come after you. I saw a post on Facebook, uh, I saw that somebody had watched the original Amityville Horror from 1976, and they're like, wow, a five-bedroom house for $80,000? I don't care if it's possessed or not. Right? <laughs> Just keep it down after nine, ghost. <laughs> exactly. Here's the here's mail class route, your local alternative is South State Radio. Oasis at your local alternative, South State Radio. What's going on? It is happy hour. He's Adam Hairhuck. I'm Sean Cantwell. And... Obviously, we both know a lot of musicians and occasionally are musicians. So, like, yes, we've probably heard, no doubt, people complaining about where merch money is going and, like, venues requesting a cut of the merch now and things like that, where that's increasingly become a thing. Yeah, and I didn't realize that. But, yeah, somebody, uh, I talked to some of the bands that I interview on sessions, and that is a a big thing. I'm talking, like, 30 to 40% cut on all merch sales. Right. I... And I work at a, a venue that occasionally books bands, occasionally even local original bands. And we've never thought about asking bands to, um, to give us a cut of their merch sales. Like, nope. that's the worst thing I could possibly imagine. Like, we make, we're supposed to make money off of the bar. I mean, I guess in some places that sell tickets, you make your money off of that too. But like... We have, a, we have a bar. Like, that's, why, that's where we're making our money at. You guys keep your money that you do, you know, selling your stuff. Well, I mean, the way it typically works is if it's a, it's a, if it's a place that is specifically for music, I mean, let's say it's a, sh- a shop of a machine kind of quality. <laughs> right. You have ticket sales that pays for the act. And right. then it's all the liquor sales. That makes the bar actual yes. money. And so there's a certain genre of music that they like because it encourages their people to drink. And right. They, the, 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 the place makes money. Because everybody thinks, oh, man, the place must be making money hand over fist because they're here, they're charging $30 a ticket. Most of that goes to... Pay the band. Yeah. So, I mean, in that situation, if it's a national act and they're supplying an area for you, and a lot of times I think that, that uh, venue... Uh, will uh, uh, provide you with a person that sells that merch. You almost have an argument, but I'm talking about like some of the bigger places, like in like towards Detroit area, getting local bands who they're not paying, and then you know taking some money from their merch. That's such BS. 
no, I, I'm not down with that at all, and that, that's not cool. And, like, and a lot of these people do have actual merch people go, who go on the road and tour with them. Absolutely. And apparently one band is taking this complaint to, in, a, in a bit of a different direction, and that is that the merch tables people are making more money than the band members themselves and should be splitting that money, splitting their tip money with the band. That, that's, that's true talk. I mean, a lot of times there's uh, some venues that uh, you can make money off ticket sales or, or we can uh, maybe pay you uh, 100 bucks for the whole band plus drinks, and that's it. That, that's for the privilege of playing our area. Okay, can we sell merch? Yeah, but we take 30%. I mean, come on. No, th- th- that part of it's ridiculous. So, of course, Live Nation, you'll remember, a couple of weeks ago launched this initiative promising to no longer collect merch fees at club-sized venues, at least for the time being. Right. So this, this cat, uh, Jay Polstonis, who's apparently a drummer of some band called Tesseract that I have literally never heard of, but he took to Instagram to offer up his feeling on the whole thing. He feels that merch tips should be divvied up among the band and its crew, emphasizing that fans believe they're tipping the band at the merch table when they are not. His post reads in part, in quote, When you purchase merch from a band at a U.S. show and leave a tip as is customary, you're not tipping the band. This tip goes to the merch seller. From speaking with fans, we know some of you thought you were tipping the band. Firstly, thank you. Secondly, we apologize. Your tip hasn't reached us. We didn't have vision of this system slash culture until now. From speaking to peers, we've discovered some merch sellers are generating in excess of $30,000 in tips over the course of a five- to six-week tour, which is insane. No one else on a tour at our level makes anything close to this. The band members certainly do not. The other crew members are on agreed fees, nowhere close to this. We understand in the U.S. service industry, tipping culture is normal. It brings low-paid jobs up to a hopefully livable level. The job we're hiring, though, is not a low-paid job. While it goes against the grain, our suggestion is all tips taken at the merch desk should be shared across the entourage, band, and crew. We're all here working hard all day to bring the show to you. It seems unfair for one person to own the monopoly on tips for the entire package. Wow. Um, that really, well, first of all, I'm shook because I have bought a lot of stuff at merch tables. You don't tip the merch I've guy. never ter- have never tipped once. <laughs> I didn't even to, think about it. I'd be lying to you if I said I ever had. I, I, I didn't even think about it. Even when uh, the merch person, uh, merch woman Porsche from uh, Avalon Black shook me down for 150 bucks with like no problem. She was good. She's good at what she does. Right. I didn't, oh yeah. I didn't tip. I'm like you just got 150 bucks. I said you. You just got all the money I budgeted that I got. Yeah. <laughs> that I've been paid this week. Exactly. So it's like I didn't even know there was. This guy is like squabbling over. I mean, I'm not gonna say squabbling. He's got. He's got a legitimate gripe. Um. Well, let me offer this. I mean, let's say. Uh. Yeah, you you run a mu- a venue not not where you work, because uh, you're more of a full service kind of uh, watering hole entertainment facility. Mm. If you are if you're running a place that is strictly for live music, and you supply uh, a merch table, and but you're not taking a percentage of the merch money that they get, but the tip jar goes to the venue for provide. I have no problem with that. I mean, I, th- I think they should be a little bit more transparent. 
this tip sure. goes towards the venue for providing a place to sell T-shirts and stuff like. Because some of them have like the uh, uh, the place I was talking about has like the like little fencing thing for for them to clip T-shirts to, and yeah. they have. I mean, they have th- a place for that. You know, I think in their case though, they're also implying that this merch person is a part of the touring entourage. It's not so being supplied by the venue, right? So it seems like. And so I don't think that they're necessarily saying that that tip's going to the venue. They're saying it's going to the the person that they that the band is paying to sell their merch instead of going towards the whole band. And so this Tasseret person said it was going to the merchandise person. Yeah, and okay. not to the band. And now and the, that that's that's his issue, I guess. So and the merchandise person is like, fine, screw you. <laughs> Sell your own shirts. <laughs> right, probably. <laughs> I mean, if they're going on tour and they're not making the money from the venue, they're making uh, like a percentage of what they sell or a flat rate or whatever. Um, what is the problem? I, I, I don't see a problem. I guess I don't either. Honestly. I mean, like- touring is expensive. I mean, consider, I mean, like, it's hungry. I'm I'm hungry. Uh, I'll just go to the fridge and grab some food. No, you're hungry. Now you got to buy food at a restaurant or something like that. Uh, there's, I'm sure that merch person's got to drive themselves around. Uh, they got to pay for their own weed. So, right. I mean, it's just, they have. Yeah, there's a lot of expenses there. Like, and it's not a guaranteed thing. It's like, okay, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a 20,000, uh, for a six month tour with this band. Plus, but I mean, the merch person per- probably should have said, "I'm putting out a tip jar for myself to uh, supplement uh, my income." And if the if the band uh, had some sort of problem, it's like, "Well, fine. See you later. Sell your own shirts." Yeah, and, and I imagine that's honestly what ultimately is going to happen. Like it, the the reaction has been uh, not exactly great from merch seller folk. One user on the Twitter who apparently worked with a number of metal acts posted. Shout out, insert like 25 effing bands here, for understanding that with value comes a price. Another tour merch manager shared, if a seller is able to truly pull in 30 grand in five or six weeks, they're moving a pretty significant amount of merchandise, at least 150K minimum in gross sales, yep. implying the band is shifting a serious amount of merch, which supports the entire band and crew, in theory. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, clearly, if they're making that kind of money just in tips, they're doing a pretty damn good job of moving actual merch. Yeah. Because, like... It's probably one of those things where it comes up on the on the square system where tip 10, 15, 20% or whatever, and no one's going over and above 20%. Like, you're already no. paying an arm and a leg for merch. So it's fair to say that no one is paying, is tipping you above 20% on your merch sales. I think that's fair. So yeah, so we'll say 30 grand here, and we'll be charitable and say that it's, you know, 15% uh, tip that... Uh, that they're getting on their sales. Mm-hmm. So that means he's moving 200 grand in merch in that time. Yep. So somewhere between 150 and 250,000 bucks he's making for you. Yep. I'm f- I, as a band I'm fine at that point if he's keeping that that 30 grand for himself. Yeah, well cuz that is that's not you taking out of your money out of your pocket to give him. That's Exactly. The, that's the concert goers. Right. And that, that means that you've got a damn fine person going out and doing the good salesperson going and doing the work for you. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then you want to go cheap? Go ahead. You're going to get a cheap um, merchandise person who who takes off to take a piss or or smoke someone behind the the venue, and people are just walking off with your stuff. Right, or a merch person at your at, from the venue itself that doesn't give a damn. Like, as, yeah, as somebody who has tried to hire merch people for things that we've seen a lot of, like T-shirts and CDs, just leave our merch table because nobody's standing there. <laughs> yeah, no, that that'll absolutely happen, man. I've seen it, I've done it. I've, I've, You've been there. You've done yeah, that. Yeah. So no, like I don't feel like th- that's necessarily where it's. I hate the fact that venues are are trying to stick their hand in that honeypot anyway. They they that they need to keep their mitts off of that. But I don't I don't feel like bands trying to reach in and take the merch guys tips is necessarily any better of a thing. There was a certain festival all week weekend festival near us that was talking about possibly doing that at one point with all the bands and all the bands basically told them to f off as well they should have. Yep. Like there's no reason for venues to be coming in and taking the merch money like you're, you're obviously i know that selling tickets isn't where you're making your money because that's how you're affording your bands but i mean you've got all sorts of food and and liquor sales so i mean that's where you're making the majority of your money especially from booze let's be honest like because you you know the markup on alcoholic beverages especially at a, at a oh, venue sure. sure is ridiculous like that 25 dollar bottle of whiskey is probably gonna make you something like a grand in drinks yep absolutely and that's why uh we can turn this into a lesson for any kind of bands that are out there you want to get rebooked into a venue encourage your people to drink oh yeah nothing uh frustrated band like we would play in a venue and nothing would frustrate the owner more than if people came to see us and wanted to drink water all day the bands do not appreciate that. Doesn't bands, make the band doesn't make the the venue money. No, I I learned a uh, I read an article from somebody who was you know how to you know kind of push liquor sales and, and there was a couple times uh, I'm like oh I'd go up to the bartender what's the drink specials okay here's a drink special drink special here's a shot called Nerds uh, that was like the like the candy I t- I told you I drank it it was like a glass full of happiness I'm gonna buy two of you a shot right now and you guys gotta try it and they said. We sold out of all the stuff to make it. Nice. Everybody and the bartenders appreciate that. The the owner appreciates that. The liquor sales. It's not like they're like, oh, we want to get see, we want people to get turned tonight. No, it's about. I mean, yes, money. they do, but yeah, but I mean, if they're paying you X amount of dollars to be there, they have to make a return on their investment. Exactly. That's, that's one of the things a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, a, a lot of people don't get that about the about this business necessarily. Right. Then that's why the good bands, you know, get. Rebooked at places, and even the, even the, the not so good ones, but the ones that are good salespeople. I've seen that happen a lot of times, uh, where the band is not the greatest, but they can bring people and they, they can make move them product. Drink. Yeah, exactly. Here's Greta Van Fleet. Your local alternative is Solid State Radio. Here's Marvelous Three at your local alternative, Solid State Radio. No, it wasn't Freak of the Week either. Every morning, uh, every Monday. No, they dropped a new song. You're kidding me. Oh, my God. I, w- I wish I was paying attention. You should have been. It's called If We're on Fire, Let It Burn. Yeah, brand new stuff from oh. those. We like, just added it to the rotation. I, like, I bought their first two records. The first one is amazing. The second one, I think I listened to it a couple times, and it was just kind of meh. But I'm, I'm, I'm interested. They're, they released a new tune. Uh, there's a new Brother Kane song coming out. Oh, is it? I, I didn't know yeah. that. In a couple of days. I mean, bring, bring, all these 90s bands, bring it on. 
I, I'm here for it. Can I, I need something to pad out these, these uh, playlists, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this thing. So speaking of things we got to do, uh, it is Red Wings game night. So uh, I'm nervous. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. I mean, they had a, a couple good outings against Lightning and uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Take that for what it is. And they even held their own against the New Jersey Devils. But uh, everybody's like, the aging Pittsburgh Penguins. It's still the Pittsburgh effing Penguins. I completely forgot to do this, by the way. My apologies. Oh, yeah. I thought something was missing. There you go. This team still has uh, Geno Malkin. Still has Crosby. Still has Chris Letang for now. Yep. Yep. So. They're all a million years old, but still. (laughs) Well, you know who they have behind the pipes looking for revenge? Alexander Nedeljkovic. Oh, Ned's their starter tonight. I, I think. I don't know. I know he's on. He's on the roster, and he's the leading goal uh, goalie. He is starting tonight. Yes, he is starting tonight. We have. I have conf- confirmation on starting last. All right. Last. He is expected to get the start there. Who's our? Who's the counterpart for us? We Huso? are throwing out Huso. Okay. All right. Looks like it's basically gonna be the same lineup as the other night: the Brinkett, Larkin, Raymond, Rasmussen, Comfort, Cop, Ron Valeno, Sprung, Costin, Zarnick, Fisher. And then on defense, Wallman, Sider, Sharon, uh, uh, Godless Bear, and then <laughs> some combination of Mata, Hall, and Petrie. Gotcha. Uh, Petrie got, uh, we were all complaining about him. More, or most, more specifically, you were complaining about him. Yes. He got benched. So As well he, he should have. He was scratched. not playing good. He was healthy scratched. But the first four lines, uh, you, you've been getting goals from your first line, second line, and third line. You love to see it. Yep. I mean, you now have goals from everybody in the second line. Actually, first line, too, because Raymond's got a goal for on the year already. So it's looking good. Yeah, the offense has definitely taken a, a step forward thus far. Now we just like to see uh, more from certain defensemen. Apparently, Lalone says Petrie's going to get some. Uh, he wants to work him back into the lineup tonight. But uh, Okay, good. I mean, I, I, wa- I want to see him do well. I want to see him do well, but I don't want to see him out there if he's going to be terrible. Yeah, I, well, that's a great idea, Sean. You need to write them. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely give him a shot. I want to see Ali Mata playing a little smarter. I want to see Sharat uh, earning that A on his sweater. You know, you'd like to see that. And so far, yeah, I wouldn't argue that I he mean, has at all. I mean, if that if that's not the case, you know, we got one Sideman Edvidson that would like to. Uh, take a crack at it. Oh, I'm sure he. I'm sure he'd love to do that. Sure, absolutely. I mean, we'll have to. We'll have to see what's going on. Uh, who um, is everybody healthy for the Pens? Hopefully not. Hopefully Crosby came down with gonorrhea syphilitis. Unfortunately, I'm not seeing anybody missing. Other than uh, no, I'm not. Miss, I'm not seeing anybody missing. I shouldn't talk about bad about Crosby. He's a great player and a good person. I want to hate Crosby and I can't. Because every time I well, like uh, F Crosby, I hear, just like, hear him doing like something really cool. Yeah, it's it, it's hard to do. It, it, it's hard to hate the guy as much as we would like he's to. He's just a really good player. So that, that's what it is. So looking forward to that. It's on TNT. I don't think I've ever watched a game on TNT. You haven't yet? I don't believe I have. Oh, the, they, they do a solid job with their coverage. Okay. Just by not having Leah Hextall, they're already better than... The ESPN play-by-play. Well, I just imagine, group. like, you know, between every play, they're plugging old episodes of Friends. I mean, that's really all they have to promote. So, I mean, to be fair, <laughs> they're not just talking about the NBA in between everything. Oh, because yeah. that's, you know, no, that's not Charles really. Barkley. 
Actually, Charles Barkley came out as a hockey fan. Honestly, Barkley would liven up the uh, the studio show on TNT because I mean, you got Bissonette who's who's pretty good at what he does. Yeah. He's good at stir up the pot. Gretzky, who just never says anything remotely controversial or interesting ever. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> Gretzky, what do you think? Uh, I scored 900 and some goals. Okay. All right. Thanks for the cra- <laughs> Thank you, Gretzky. <laughs> Thanks for that input. <laughs> Gretzky, what do you think of that penalty? I have five Stanley Cups. Okay. Thank you. Or, or four. Enough. Four, yeah. yeah. So. He's got enough of the damn things. Yeah. But, yeah, like. I've I've never been horribly impressed with uh, with their. Is that the one? Is that the broadcast that had uh, Mike Babcock on for a hot minute? Old Mushmouth. Mm, I don't think it was. Who was Who that? Was Chelly, oh, was Chelly also on there? Also, Chelly was the on ESPN. Oh, okay. Yep. No, Babcock was not. I don't believe he was on. Uh, TNT. You'd, you'd have to ask somebody else about that, though. No, they had Anson Carter, Paul Bissonnette, Rick Tockett, and Gretzky okay. for the most part. With, with, like, the, expect, with the exception of Gretzky, that's, that's a good panel. Put Jeremy Roenick in there. Seriously. I mean, I, I know he had some sort of uh, snafu, cancel issue. Put him back in there. He was a great personality. Right. No, absolutely. Like I, I would bring him back in a heartbeat. I want to, because you know what's going to happen is Bissonnette and you know, Biz Nasty and Jr. They're going to go at it. They're going to go at it, and it's going to be hilarious. And I am entirely 100 percent here for this. Yeah, I mean, furniture is going to get moved. Yep, uh, and <laughs> and I'm good with it. It's happy hour at Solid State Radio. Solid State weather for the rest of the afternoon. Mostly cloudy today, with a high around 64. Tonight, cloudy skies with a low of 50. Tomorrow, you're looking at showers in the morning, steady rain in the afternoon, with a high of 57 and a low of 51. Then for Friday, cloudy with occasional rain showers. And of course, it's going to rain all goddamn weekend because that's this state in October, and I hate it here. High of 55 and a low of 42. Right now, 52 in Flint, 60, or 62 in Flint, 61 in the Tri-City, 62 in lovely downtown Lapeer. Cloudy skies and rain. I'm sick of this nonsense. Here's music. It's Solid State Radio. <laughs> It is happy hour. He's Adam Harahuck. I'm Sean Cantwell, and that's about going to do it for us for this afternoon. Ooh, I'm going to keep radioing. Then fine, keep radioing. you got a full hour of radio to do, a full oh, hour that's of, right, yeah. of local original music to do next on a little radio show we like to call Solid State Sessions. So you have that to look forward to next, yeah, yeah. which will be fun for, at least for you. <laughs> All being well, we'll talk to you tomorrow afternoon at 3. See ya.